You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. I'm your boy, Al Mug. Welcome, welcome, one and all. I'm so happy to have this amazing uh, creator right now. I mean, this person has been, has had a long journey, right? And he has worked with the top notch. I mean, Image, Star Wars, Boom, Marvel, DC. I mean, boy, he's been everywhere. And he actually has a brand new, amazing project that's just coming up, you know, on, on the crowdfunding side on Started called RDW. We're gonna learn all about that and who he is. Who am I talking about? It's the one and only Marco Rudy. What's going on, Kato? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm struggling with cat here, but uh... <laughs> yeah, as we know, man, this cat was about to knock down the door. Make sure it's, it's not an alien, like from the cap. That's not the one from Captain Marvel, right? The whole species. Oh, hope, there. Oh, hope not. Hope not. This is a little <laughs> a little less uh, troublesome, I suppose. <laughs> So what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, how are you? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Energized as heck. You know, yeah, I, I know. How the hell can somebody be so energized on a Tuesday? This is what I do, right? <laughs> so, you know, let people know, brother. I mean, who are you? I mean, where are you from, kiddo? Look how cute. <laughs> I am I am from uh, from Mozambique, and this guy is going to have to leave the office now because he wants to roam around and eat tables. Okay. <laughs> Don't you love cats? This is what they want to do. And mine is coming too now. And I, I swear to God, she just opened the door. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they're 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 uh, mounting a strategy here to be a they part of, to take take over the podcast. So I am I'm from Mozambique, which is a country in uh, the southern part of the continent of Africa. I have been uh, in uh, the comic book industry for the better part of hmm, 15, 16 years. Now 15, 16, holy smokes, wow. Yeah. Quite, you look quite a young man to be in the journey that long. It's a, uh, it's, <laughs> a it's just just the uh, genetics. <laughs> it is genetics. Awesome. Yeah. So talk about the fandom, man. So he, uh, did you grow up in Mozambique? Yeah, I lived there. Uh, I, I left Mozambique when I was 19. And 19. I, I've, I've only been there back only on vacations ever since then. But uh, I studied away in Brazil for 10 years. And after I moved and after oh, wow. after Brazil, I moved to Canada, which I've always I've been in Canada for 10 years. Oh, wow. So gotcha. It's been uh, quite a journey. So. Uh, how did you get into pop culture? Was it through comics, movies? Cartoons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like um, for uh, earlier beginning, we would get in Mozambique, we would get a lot of uh, uh, books sent out of like charity. We would uh, my my dad, I think my dad had a contact with the charity or whatever. We would just go to this place in the port where they had containers of like books that were shipped. We would containers. just go, yeah yeah like literally that. We would just go to the containers and pick whatever book we wanted. Okay, and uh, for free? Yeah. So, oh my God! I'd be like, take this container home, Dad. <laughs> well, we we had we had uh, it was again it was charity. I understand. Uh, they, they would then basically we would have uh, not the first hand. We would just go and check in 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 these containers if there was something where we wanted. And I started reading uh, French uh, comic books, uh, French bande through that. Okay. And I think after a while, I think I was about like seven or eight. A it was a combination of things. A friend of mine had a uh, the first issue of X Factor, 
Oh, nice. uh, like the classic X factor with the, the initial five, the X yes. five. And uh, later that month or something, uh, my cousin brought from Portugal the first, issue, the third, the fourth issue of the Chris Claremont and Frank Miller's Wolverine miniseries. Oh, nice! And uh, and that was super iconic. It got me hooked. So I was already interested in the French uh, side of of comics. And then I, uh, that immediately got into, got me into the American side and I have been hooked ever since. Oh, excellent. So, you know, how long did, okay, so did you find a tribe, if you will, in, in, in your community? Did you have a group Ooh, of no. friends? Was it, it, it was, oh, no. <laughs> no. No, in fact, uh, it took me to, it took me to getting to Canada to go to, Toronto that was like all right I, I this is what I was looking for because um in Mozambique there wasn't this in fact there's probably isn't still there wasn't this culture of oh comic books or whatever no not at all uh it, in fact I remember once returning uh, after after I've been working in comics and whatever like some odd, I don't know like eight years ago or something I went back and uh, I was talking to somebody, and they were telling me, "Oh, you're still working on that? I thought you had grown up." I'm like, oh, "Yeah." What? Grown <laughs> so, up? Ew. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was it was still not seen as an actual job. So, uh, so basically, that wasn't present in my growing up. That kind of camaraderie or um, community, sense of community with comics, no, it wasn't there. In Brazil, there was a little bit. In fact, the, the reason why I started working on comics was whilst I was studying in architecture in Brazil, some of my teachers were nerds. And they would see that I would put lots of references to comics, like Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, or whatever, in whatever pro- architectural project that I would do. So they kept encouraging me, why don't you work in comics? And for me, it was it was one of those things that I never thought that I could do because it was always... Americans, uh, British people, uh, even Brazilian people. Yes. But it was not something that you'd see, oh, there's an African guy here. Like, I'd never <laughs> seen one before, ever. So I never thought that I could be featured. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. And uh, so eventually I opened up a DeviantArt account, and through that I got my first gig in comics. But it was still, even nowadays. How did you find DeviantArt, though? Uh, a, a friend of mine from college was like, hey, friend. don't you love friends? <laughs> yeah, it was like, hey, I have I have an account in this thing. You you should probably put your artwork in there. I'm like, yeah, sure. So you, so you you weren't scared to put up your, your artwork there. You, you just went for it. Like, all right. Yeah, it was, it, was something like, it was something like, like, I really have nothing to lose if I post my artwork here. And I, I found community, like an online community on, on there. And uh, as I said, the first, like uh, my first week in Toronto, bearing in mind that when I moved to Toronto, I was already a published comic book. I was already working for DC. I actually, I already uh, had a, a exclusive wait, contract so, with DC at the time. So, so we're already running forward there. Let, let, let's talk about this. I mean, how, okay, so here you are. You, you formed a DVN account, you know, yeah, yeah. and you said you landed your first, you know, job. Yeah, I got, I got, so how, how was that? Uh, how, did, like, how did you land it? Like the first week that I posted my artwork on DeviantArt, I had this guy in Brazil. First week? Yeah. Get out. Holy shit. guy asking me about, oh, I have this thing. 
and um, we we worked on some, a few concept of, concepts. And as this guy is talking to me, I'm still I'm still posting posting artwork there. Uh, another guy, Canadian guy, comes to me and says, "All right, I have a project, and I've and I have this way into image shadow line." And uh, would you want to participate in this project? So this was then uh, a real gig that I did. Uh, I did. I actually, it took me like from my DeviantArt, from posting my first stuff on DeviantArt to getting a gig. It was like, I don't know, like two, three years that I talked to people and whatever. But and working on developing this, this project. So after that, uh, we got we got this gig a mini series called um, corrective no no first it was a mini series called corrective measures that uh, it got it was a very minor thing and then it was this this gig that I mentioned about the Canadian guy yeah and uh, that got got out through image shadow line it, held, it was a, a three issue mini series that I did and that was I think 2006 yeah okay. that was my very first like pub- published gig. And uh, after that, I found I, I know I don't know if you're familiar with Rafael Albuquerque. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. So it just so happens that like I was living in the same city that he was living on, okay. and I saw an interview that that he did about his studio. I was like, it was it was like a really really nice coincidence that I I was at the time looking for. Uh, gigs and whatnot, and I see on TV this guy talking about the studio on the same city. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go to shut up, go to the studio. So I went to him, talk talk to him, and I enrolled in the studio. I was with with him nice. for 2007 and in 2008, and at the end of 2008, I got. I met other people in the, like okay. I, I went to a festival, comic book festival in Brazil. Met other people. Were comics big in, in Brazil? The festival, if you will. Yeah, yeah, they're huge. Uh, Wonderful. It's, it's a di- a different take, but the industry of comics is it, it's pretty big in Brazil. So I I then got in touch with uh, like somebody got me in touch with DC Comics and like. From sending samples to getting a gift, uh, getting a gig to DC Comics at, in 2008, it was like, like two, three weeks, and uh, and I, I got I got a gig in in uh, what's the name? It was the Final Crisis. I was I was oh nice. Uh, yes. Immediately thrust into the wilderness with Final Crisis, which was <laughs> event at the time at DC, and from then on, that's it. I I got I worked with DC for like I think. Exclusive uh, three years, but it was a five-year span that I worked with them, and then I moved to Marvel again on a kind of like a four-year span. But I was freelancing, so I did other okay. stuff on the side. And ever since I'm uh, like I left DC, I've been freelancing, and um, that's it. Like eventually, I I just went up to do do my own stuff, and I'm still freelancing. So are you enjoying the freelance journey as opposed oh, yeah. to having that? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, being an exclusive to a company grants you security of a job, and you know that you're gonna get your pay, your bills paid all the time. Yeah. Uh, freelance allows you the freedom to choose how are you gonna tackle certain projects, but it, you you will be sure that if you're not uh, like a, I'm, I I could say that I'm an established name in the industry, 
but I have been on the rough uh, on rough patches of time where gigs were not coming, and yeah. then other gigs were coming that I couldn't take, or very well paying gigs were happening. So so you juggle all of that. Uh, as a freelancer, you have to juggle all of that. Gotcha, man. So you know, what was it that you know inspired you though? You know, to take that creative journey. What was the initial inspiration that sparked that that said, okay, I really want to do this? I mean, I never had that. This is, that's just the thing. It was so out there to think that I could work in comic books. Like I mean, wow. from big man, like that is not something you aspire <laughs> to be. I joke about that. I could aspire to be an engineer at NASA. It, by in, yeah. being in Mozambique, that's a reality that I could aspire to be. But one in which I draw Spider-Man for Marvel, it, it, it's just, it never happened. Yeah, so, talking about niche, right? <laughs> yeah, so when 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 it started happening, I remember actually when the when I read the email in which I had gotten the gig at DC, uh, I, w- I was in a library. I was in a university library. Oh, in, God. They were telling you to shush, I'm sure. No, I'm shouting. I was, I was shouting, yes. And people are like, what the fuck? I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't care, man. Hey, I, shut I, up. I got F you. I'm with DC. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, uh, nice. The, uh, I, I can say that I have artists that I, that it, especially after I started working in the, in the industry and I got, to know more about storytelling, what not? There, there are creative uh, inspirations, of course, but I, I, this is not a dream that I had. This is not something that I ever aspired wow. to do because I never thought it would be possible. So I am living a dream that I didn't have, but I'm very happily living that dream. Uh, I, I hear that, man, because now you know, here you've worked with the big two, right? Yeah. Now you're doing freelance. Yeah, and now you even have a new creator project, creator yeah. own project already funded at that, and we still have some time. I believe, you know, I mean, no, the books, the, the book was funded last year. The campaign yeah. was funded last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it was yeah. done for oh shit, four twenty four. That's my birthday. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so RDW, let's pe- let's show people what 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 this is because you have an awesome little trailer. Mm. So let's show this is from show last it. year, but yeah, sure. it, is, it sure. is. But let's show it all different. I want people to know because awesome. this, this is great. Because again, mm-hmm. I want people to see. You know, listen again. It's, it's also supportive indie. You're freelance. You're independent now. DC, Marvel, fantastic stuff. But you listen. You know, prove how you know. This is showing how much more creative you are. You know, they, they were holding you down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So let me put this up. Up. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know technology, man. It's all good. All right, so let's do it. Hi, my name is Marco Rubio, and this is my cat, Leo. Cat is here. Back. That would be my time to shine. Every Monday, I'll try to make a little more time back. 
I would try to goad the audience to join me in the story. I try to make it the story, the act of storytelling, a little more interactive, which brings us to this book, to this video. I've been a comic book artist, I've been a penciler, I've been an inker, I've been a painter, and now this book has the opportunity to become as well a writer. I mean, I've written before, but this is the first time that I've tried to publish this. The title RDW, or A Rainy Day Woman, is based off of a Bob Dylan song that talks about addiction. While that may come into play in the story, it is also a story about being accepted, how the world reacts to you when your behavior is not the most acceptable. And at the same time, while the book will definitely take us to some dark places, it is also like an opportunity to shed some light on folk stories and cultures that we are not usually seeing on Mozambican, uh, African in general, First Nations of the Americas, a variety of cultures here, and of course, we have the traditional Western elements of elves, dwarves, and This initial volume is just the beginning of our adventure. Jesus Christ, is that beautiful art or what, folks? Jesus Christ. And, bro, you decided to start writing on top of already everything you do? Yeah. yeah so yeah. talk about that. What what really pushed you to, to do that, you know, from coming from an artist and all? Um, I mean, 
uh, I suppose that once you start dealing with this industry or whatever, whichever, there's always a story you want to tell. I think there, there you get to a point that there's a story that you want to tell. And uh, actually, for the for the beginning, I had I had uh, what had happened was I went to I went to Marvel offices in 2000 and in, 20, in 2016. Uh, I was talking to uh, then editor in chief Axel Alonso, and he just flat out told me, "If you want to pitch something, pitch." So I nice. pitched uh, a couple of stories. I actually created a um, a pitch for the Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu because he's my, one of my favorite characters. And um, because I, I was very keen on not being a writer, I asked a friend of mine who had, had worked with me on, on Doctor Strange, Frank Barbieri, uh, to yeah, write a, like a little short story so I could draw, so we can pitch to Marvel. The thing was that... Uh, as I as I was doing this, um, I kept editing. Like I, I can change. We could change the scene here. We could change the scene there and whatnot. And he was like, "Why don't you just write it? I, I can just I can, write it, right? Jesus, yeah, Christ. Like, I can I can help you out here and there. But why don't you write it?" And as we were doing that, uh, I started talking to him about uh, a potential uh, pitch to Image, which it was what eventually became this story but um we're going on back and forth with that and he kept encouraging me to write and he then took a like a pretty big gig in the gaming so he couldn't help me out so he's like i guess you're on your own now oh wow and uh i just thanked him i'm like all right let's go and uh, that's 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 that was it that's how i started this started I started writing again. I started writing this in 2016, and um, it got it, it evolved and whatnot. I drew it and wrote it around uh, a year or two years, and then I started to start chopping it around. I started working on the sequel. I wrote the sequel. I wrote the third book. I plotted like like this is all plotted out and whatnot. But um, uh, after pitching it around and getting getting a lot of maybes. I figured um, um, a lot of people have been trying to do this via crowdfunding. Why not? So I did my own. I tried my own crowdfund, crowdfunding experiment, and it worked. That's and here we are today. Basically, today, now, today I am uh, shipping uh, the books that were, as you can see, the boxes there. Hey, that's right. Look at you selling off those shipping. Folks, you see, uh, you're getting your product, man. You're getting yeah, your I'm product. Shipping, I'm shipping the, the remainders of the pledges from the company. And I have the book available for, for purchase, be it physical and uh, digital as well. So it has. we've come... Uh, a long way, I suppose, since the, the, my first pitch of Shang-Chi that didn't go anywhere. Shang-Chi. Did yeah. you mention that Shang-Chi is your favorite? Did you watch the film? And what I have not. I have not nothing, no? I haven't watched it yet. But Got I will. It. I just haven't, I haven't had a chance. You will love it. I loved it. I thought it yeah. was fantastic. You know, fun movie, for sure. I am I, a big fan of the, uh, the 70s take on the character. Big, big fan. Oh, absolutely. Me too, man. I mean, that's the OG. Yeah, and, the uh, the it's because the that that vibe is essentially James Bond with with um, the Chinese vibe around it. I, I I really really liked it, and the supporting cast, the um, 
like like there's Nick Fury nowadays is like the badass black guy yeah. with, with the eye patch. But back in the day, there was another one, and he, <laughs> he was one of the one of the. Uh, do, do we dare call him White Fury? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there there like just the supporting cast, and I like the 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 pitch that I had with um the pitch that I had for Marvel was something like that was okay. f- focused on the seventies vibe and the seventies. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's what we need, man. I'm, I'm digging the vibe. So if not, form your own characters and bring us that seventy vibe and the Rudy. Oh style. yeah, yeah. Well, that since that's not gonna happen, that story, whatever I can drink from that and put on my book, it'll be featured. Oh yeah, man. Let's do it, kiddo. I mean, so you know, what what's up your sleeve right now? I mean, uh, can we anticipate? Any brand new projects other than you shipping these books, you know, these final books, those amazing bandits? Immediately what I have to do is is to to ship these books and to whomever buy the book, whomever buys the book, I'm shipping it to them as well. But uh, uh, early next year, I'm starting to uh, ironing all the kinks on book two so I can do a campaign and see if we could get funded as well. Wonderful. And are you doing any uh, conventions? You know, uh, that will largely depend on safety measures. Okay. Uh, So if safety measures are in place and everything's fine, yeah, because I haven't done, I haven't done uh, any convention since C2E2 last year at the beginning of the year. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Was the beginning of the pandemic. So, and that was my last convention. Gotcha, man. Are, are, are you, are, do you miss the convention? Are you feeling it? I do. I do. It's, it's, uh, like the direct contact with, with fans is something that you cannot uh, replace. And, um, some of the American shows that I've done, uh, we're very, very surprising. Uh, I did like a few, you would call smaller shows in comparison to whatever C2E2. Uh, and, uh, the people are great. The, the fans are great and you get a good return. So it's, it's, it's a good thing that, uh, is sorely missed. It's just the event itself is so sorely missed. So I hope. Okay. I, I would hope that by this time we would not be talking about safety measures of over pandemics. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, but uh, again, if if that's in place, yes, I, I would welcome the chance to do more shows. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And, and I do want to mention that I did speak to a creator recently because you're speaking that you are of African descent. I actually mm-hmm. spoke to a Nigerian comic book creator that has nice. his own imprint in mm-hmm. West Africa called Brown Roof Studios. And he was one of those that said, well, you know, I was pitching, but I might as well just do it by myself. And then, and then he started looking for all the local talent in, yeah. you know, West Africa and Africa in general. So I was like, wow. So, you know, yeah. I, I see, you know, so many. I see, like, Brazil, obviously, amazing talent. Yeah. Italy, amazing talent. And I see now that I think, uh, you know, in Africa, we're going to start seeing a huge rise in talent because there's so much mythology there yeah yeah i mean tons that i haven't haven't even been touched yet yeah so you know it's so i can't wait for the uh american public to be able to uh enjoy those mythologies i have a personal friend as well that has it it does you know west african you know he goes uh future 
futurist type mm. uh, storyline. Yeah, yeah, Afrofuturism. Beautiful yeah. stuff, bro. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I dig it. Why not? I mean, it's yeah. time people, pe- pe- this is just alternate stories, folks, and, and just see it from other eyes. What's, what's the big deal? It's awesome yeah. stuff. I mean, are we going to get any Afrofuturism from you or what? Absolutely. I mean, not necessarily Afrofuturism, but one of the things that I'm doing with the stories that I'm telling is that I am using the general known uh, fantasy tropes of all elves, dragons, uh, whatever. Yeah. But uh, all of them, all of them are not, I wouldn't say inspired, but they are drinking from other types of folklore. Not necessarily yeah. just the one that we know because the Tolkien is like Celtic and a Norse yeah. folklore and whatnot. Whereas I, I have that, but uh, like just, just as an example, my visual representation of elves, they have uh, an element of a, and I can't quite remember exactly which, which specific region in um, uh, Central Africa that has the, um, the humanoid creatures that are uh, leopards and they have oh, three really heads. yeah so whereas obviously uh, my elves don't have uh, three heads but they have feline <laughs> characteristics that are inspired by this type of uh, but by this specific folklore so i have like throughout the story that i'm telling uh, i have bits and pieces that are bits and of folklore from Mozambique, from um, from the places in Brazil that I lived wow. in, the from Canada. So so I drink from like bits and pieces here and there. That if you are familiar, if you're from these places, you're definitely gonna recognize pieces here and there. Nice. If you're familiar with these stories, if you're not, it's just a weird take on elves, a weird take on, on, on <laughs> and you're like, yeah, whatever. It's just this story that has these. But I mean, really, I mean, elves, weird take. I mean, th- 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 I think there can be no weird take on elves. You know, that definitely yeah. can be left up to interpretation because God only knows what they really look like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so there's that. I mean, some homies right here. We see some leopard spotted owls over here. I mean, all right, now we know what's popping over here. <laughs> yeah. Marco was right. Holy smokes. <laughs> you know, I would love to see that, bro. So um, this project that you're working on, I always love to ask this question. If you had a choice to make it an animated feature or a feature film, yeah, what type of approach would you prefer it go? Um, initially, I would not take any. Because uh, uh, I, I I would be my I always say that I will buy I will die a very poor artist because of my poor marketing decisions. <laughs> but but um, the initial idea is that this book, especially the way that I tell a story, in which the layout is inviting you to interact with the book, like okay. it, it's it it is almost interactive because if you're looking at a page or a sequence and you start finding the little nuggets that I put in the layout, in the design, or the color choices that I make, you will get a better picture. And maybe the story will get a different meaning than the one you're, you're getting if you're just uh. reading the panel-to-panel stuff. So by doing that, I am inviting the, the, the reader to do something, to interact with that. So that's what I'm saying. So I would rather have it just like that. Okay. The closest I could get to any type of that that kind of conversation between uh, the spectator 
and the, the artwork that I'm that I'm putting out would be an animated feature or an animated something. Or a motion comic so, even, maybe. Yeah, so, a motion comic would probably be more powerful based on how you just explained it. So so should should I ever venture into that, I would probably go into an animated stuff. But as it is, I have no I I'll keep it up the comic book. Gotcha. So you have no, you just want to, right now it's comics. Let's focus on this world. Yeah. These, these are graphic novels. They're supposed, like ideally they're supposed to be read in a physical, because like the, the flipping off the page. I know. Thank you. I understand. Thank yeah. you. Putting physical books in yeah. our hands for people however, not to stare at a screen. <laughs> uh, how, uh, however, obviously there is a digital edition of the book. And because I know that it's way more convenient to have a digital uh, digital files on your Kindle so you can read it, uh, I I'm aware that people will venture through that, and it's fine. I mean, if you want to have uh, if you want to read the book digitally, read it digitally, and it's fine. Um, as long as you enjoy it, as long as you get something out of it, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. Excellent, excellent. So what so what else do we have in store? I mean, a- anything else popping off in, in the Rudyverse that our fans need to be aware of today? Oh. I'm just sharing, man. I mean, obviously, they're gonna follow you on the Twitterverse, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gum, what's what's on the Gum Road? What's this about? Well, it's it's where I'm selling the book. Okay, uh, okay. I have I have the two versions of the book, the the digital and the physical edition. They're available for anybody that wants to buy any ships anywhere. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, yeah. and, and and that's the specific page there, I would suppose, correct? No, the, 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 that's just what another, this? Uh, just another alternative for anybody that wants to get the book. It's oh, a, that's digital. Oh, yeah. he's pimping it everywhere, folks. This, yeah. This, this, see, and you say you have poor marketing skills. You're putting your stuff in in all the right places. I'm oh, trying. Man. I'm trying. <laughs> if it gets attention, and it, as, uh, the book was only out like last Wednesday, so it's fairly recent. Well, that's amazing, though. So yeah. good for you, man. Congrats, you know, having okay. it out, man. I can't wait to start seeing all those wonderful, positive, loving reviews of the uh, of the final hopefully. product. Hey, you. Hopefully, you're a boss, bro. Come on, man. You come on. You just do like that. You're a boss. You're killing it. You've been amazing, bro. I mean, you, you work with so many different uh, amazing characters in your career. Uh, man, before we go, I want to ask: What's the most favorite character from the big two that you've worked on? Uh, I mean, uh, that I worked on. Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man. I mean, when I, said, when, I when I did when I did the the Spider-Man uh, Marvel Knight Spider-Man, I I I would pinch myself every now and then. I'm like, I'm working on Spider-Man. Let's <laughs> just, just I never thought that I would do that. So yeah, but I did uh, I did a cover for <clears throat> for the Silver Surfer, and uh, I told Tom Brevard. <clears throat> I told Tom Brevard that, like, I mean, it's the least I could do. I, I would have loved to wear, to have worked on a Silver Surfer book mm. because I think it's my favorite uh, character or my, my favorite Marvel Really character. nice. nice. But uh, now that I'm working on my terms on characters and stories that I created, uh, I would continue doing that. I mean, should I ever get the chance to work in, on any of those characters and Write a story for them, yeah, sure. Oh uh, yeah. As it is, I'm 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 content to 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 telling my own stories. Excellent. 
And let me tell you, man, I wasn't big on the Silver Surfer like as a kid, but then when I started watching the cartoon, remember the series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I was, was like, yo, it was great. Kirby vibe, that cartoon. Very oh, 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 hell yeah, bro. That's exactly who they were feeding from. That was a fantastic yeah, yeah. series. And then you have guys, if you have not watched this Silver Surfer cartoon, that Silver Surfer done, you know, in, it's, in a it's great underrated. way. It's very underrated. Absolutely. I would say that the, the Silver Surfer cartoon and the Hulk series are pretty well, underrated. Yeah, the yeah. 90s, right? Because yeah. you had the short-lived 80s one, too, from the Hulk, which is okay, yeah. but the 90s one was fire, yo. That was, that was like, like, cartoon, like, the horror, it was horror for kids. <laughs> yeah. and, and it was very well plotted, it was well, well written, it was, it was a good show, it's just that people didn't get to watch it, just that. Yeah, and because the Fantastic the Four, was more, was more famous, and to be honest, it was a better series. But, oh, but that Hulk series was pretty underrated. It's pretty good. And even Fantastic Four was a good series. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had good stuff in the 90s. And again, yeah. it was just that X-Men was just that good that it, it just yeah, overshadowed yeah, it was, everything. It was brilliant. It was, <laughs> it was brilliant. I, I mean, they're coming back with the comic books right now. Yeah, I know. With the series. Well, they're coming back with... Uh, Aren't they doing like another season, like a X Men '97 or something? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. One more season. I mean, uh, as a fan, Marco, let, let me ask you: Do you think, you know, bringing that back now? Do you think they will do it justice? Are you hesitant? You know, are uh, you are you for it? You know, I mean, uh, to be honest, the show oh. was so good that. Uh, obviously, uh, while I don't know if it's the same writing people, if 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 anything, if the the show is bringing attention, if this new t- season is bringing attention to the show as it was, awesome, uh, because I think it's it's that good. It's just yes. simple as that. Like like uh, uh, there are a bunch of shows nowadays that harpen on nostalgia. And oh, yeah. for me, it's like this. If they are bringing new people towards these old stuff and getting that old stuff some due justice and due attention, great. I would love it, I would love it if they would do that for X-Men Evolution, for instance, because I also think oh, yes. Evolution, it ends on an extremely awesome cliffhanger. You're like, huh. And then it, there's there's no more, no renewal, no right? You're like you mother effort. But it's listen, like it was a great show. Like like oh. uh, I understand that Wolverine and the X Men show kind of hints that it could that could have been a continuation of that. Um, but still, I would have wanted uh, also a an X Men Evolution show. And a lot of the writers that worked, I think they worked on the some of the X Men, the, the animated show, and the X Men Evolution show. They write or wrote. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm conflating too. Because Gal- uh, Goliath, uh, the, the, the Gargoyles, the, gar- the, people, oh, that, yes. the people that wrote and uh, directed Gargoyles, they do that. They do uh, Young Justice. Oh yes. And, the themes that are featured in Gargoyles are featured in Young Justice, and they're done very, very well. So, like I would say, for old school, for old school people that loved Gargoyles and wish there were more, you can watch Young Justice. Justice, and for new school people that are curious about what is this Gargoyles thing, if you like Young Justice, you will love Gargoyles. Uh, agreed, yo. That that's a great. Uh, uh... 
a comparison and definitely yeah. yo this young justice a season has been amazing right. <laughs> holy shit i mean we, you have young fans and old fans i mean on my team i have people of all ages and both young and old are like holy smokes this goddamn season has me like, like i remember i remember when the 2011 thundercats show came about and people oh, yes. were bitching about oh because it's not the old stuff and oh show. that was a great fucking show it's super underrated so i watched that show and i loved the original Isn't thundercats it? show like i loved the original thundercats show but i can tell you the way they they work on the um the origin story the yes. way they make the plot work it's better character it's better development than the original yes. show character development man exactly there is actual character development yeah I, i like nostalgically i like the 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 old school thundercats show sure. but i can tell you that just plot wise and char- character wise i'm not even going to talk about the animation just that <laughs> it's yes. better yeah so at the end of the day if these new shows are bringing new people towards the old school stuff awesome great yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned that you mentioned nothing about thundercats roar <laughs> i haven't seen it so i don't oh. know oh. i haven't seen it i don't know oh. it's it was the cartoony thing wasn't it yeah it's just yeah. no I haven't seen it so I really really don't know. It's going to hurt the feelings of your Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after that 2011 like you said I I completely yeah. agree with you there as well. Completely underrated fantastic show. It's like right now even with the masters of the universe that Kevin Smith did. I, I think that this revelations is fantastic. I love, love, love Richard all love of this episode season one. here goes to season two. Yeah, shut the fuck up, people. He did such a great job. I love I, I want to watch the season. I haven't watched it just because I haven't had the chance to, Bro, but I will. Look at myself right there. I loved I loved the uh the oh man, this I, I know that this this is um this is not a very famous take on oh, oh, like, Blasphemy. I, I love that people were like, Oh, the massive universe, but Heman is not in there. I love that. <laughs> because the show was the message of universe it was something else the yeah. first thing that they did oh yeah bye bye hemen i thought it was brilliant and it it wasn't something to do to oh yeah we're just going to do away with the character because there's yeah. a story around it and it pays off in the end so i thought i thought it was great and i'm i'm looking forward to watching the season 2 which is available oh, so i'm just going to watch yeah, it yeah just watch it i mean yeah. i binged it i loved it i was shocked and awed great yeah. stuff i mean i'm not a kevin smith fan i said this on the show with my friend yeah. i'm not the biggest kevin smith fan i'm just not but he, uh, he did a wonderful job here so much of a wonderful job you look at my show right oh, there yeah, yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. i i got my skeletons on the show and the OG retro one. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I like I love villains, damn it. Great job, Kev. No, but you know what? You know who really does a great job It's you, bro, because you you <laughs> worked you worked hard in the industry. You've been around, you know, you work with big names, big characters like, yo, it's just an amazing journey you've had. So, oh, bless you on that, bro. And I could only wish you nothing but, you know, for the success especially you. as you take on the indie universe and know that Comic City is your home. So anything you ever have, you're just bring it on over Marco. We got your back 150%, bro. Yeah, cuz you know, this is just me giving you your flowers, bro, cuz you know, a lot of people don't hear this, you know, often, but just honestly, thank you for, you know, putting your out out there being that brave and bold to share of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's just some real truth, man. Thank you. Thank you thank for you. what you're doing, you. entertaining us, and, you know, me and all of us. 
in, in the comic book universe. You effing rock. So I only want the best for you. <laughs> By the way, don't mind my busted up, uh, my busted up hoodie. It's just that this is the stuff that I wear when I paint. So oh, it's, it's, it's a lucky it's, hoodie. That's it's all. like it's like it's got like it's like busted up everywhere. It's got paint oh. everywhere. So, but this it was just because I was doing a commission. So when you get tired of it, sign it and just eBay that shit. I'm sure somebody will buy and, and it. Like, your lucky this hoodie. Thing has history because this is the first thing that I bought on DeviantArt when I opened my account before I started working in comics. So this thing oh. is I have this in 2003. Oh damn! It's your lucky sweater for real. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. long as it's your sweater, not your underwear. It's two thousand. Oh no, 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 no. But but <laughs> I was, it's just that I was just looking. I'm like super busted up. Like, it's just because I was painting. Just just that. No ways, but hey, man, I got my hoodie too. Even though I'm in Florida, I mean, I got a hoodie because my garage actually feels cool today, which cool. I love. I I miss New York. Let me tell you, I need that cold weather. Yeah. So with that, folks, you know, again, you know, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. You know, check it out. Need you to follow Marco on Twitter, Marco underscore Rudy. Please visit his gum road. Now, how do you, what, what is it? Zikandarinia. What? Zikandarinia. It's a name. Zikandarinia. It's a Mozambican name for a kettle. For a kettle? Yeah. Wow, I'd rather say kettle. Would they understand me? Because if I say this, then I'm just going to fuck it up all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's awesome. But I love that you actually throw your, your you know, your heritage into that. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I'm happy. It's like, you know, in recent podcasts, I've now had two African creators. Wow. I, I, I love it. I love it. Here's to more of that. Yes. I, uh, yo, cheers to that, bro. Yo, to, from, from your mouth to God's ears, bro, to, you know, to allow to, uh, creative talents from all over the world to, you know, hopefully just, you know, be exposed and, and bring yeah. on the greatness. And again, folks, if you want to do that, if you know somebody, an amazing international artist, writer that you think needs to be have a voice somewhere, yo, bring them over. Bring them over to home right here. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, this is what we do. But again, follow Marco, do everything. You know, my comic crusaders, you know what to do. Yo. Everything is in my outro with that. Marco, you've been an absolute pleasure, an honor <laughs> to have you on. Best wishes, bro. Thank you for your time. And with that, kiddos. Hasta la próxima. Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 